If you have your Bibles, turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 1. 2 Timothy, chapter number 1. It's so good to see you this morning and filling our church up on this Mother's Day. We want to again wish all of you a happy Mother's Day as we preach a message this morning entitled Mother's Bible. Mother's Bible. We want to thank as you find your place in 2 Timothy chapter number 1. I've always said this, there are three women who made me all that I am. My wife, my mother, and little Debbie. (laughs) We're going to be reading, if you would, stand with me. We're going to read seven verses, give you a chance to stretch your legs a little bit as we read seven verses here from the second epistle of Timothy. Chapter number 1, the Bible says in verse number 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I might be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, I love this verse, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the day, for this Mother's Day. I pray you'd bless us now. Lord, your spirit has been so poured out here in the last few weeks. I I praise you for that, and thank you, Lord, for that sweet spirit that's with us today. We praise you for that. Now lead us and guide us. Keep us in your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul is the greatest apostle. Paul is the greatest writer of New Testament scripture. Paul is the greatest Christian who've ever li- who's ever lived. And this great apostle, this great Christian, this great writer of scripture says, Timothy, I want to claim you as my son. Wow. That is a great big statement. Now, Timothy was not the biological son of the Apostle Paul. But Paul had so much admiration for Timothy. He had so much adoration for Timothy that he would want him to be and claimed him to be his own son in the faith. He said, Timothy, you are my dearly beloved son. I pray for you night and day without ceasing. It's obvious from these first few verses of Scripture that Paul thought a lot about Timothy. I mean, he just loved that young man. He would even take him as his own son. Paul would write to Timothy. The writings that we read to Timothy are the inspired word of God. And so what a, what a, a legend, a legacy that Timothy has in our Scripture. But the Apostle Paul accredited someone with his faith. And Paul said, I led you to the Lord, basically saying this, Timothy, I led you to the Lord. I'm your father in the faith, but I have to accredit the original faith and your upbringing, your rearing, your raising, your training. I have to give proper credit to your mother and to your grandmother. 
And what a great thing Paul is talking about here for the training and upbringing, for the recognition of the fact of the character of Timothy has to go back to the home. The faith of his grandmother, Lois, and his mother, Eunice. They had faith. They had faith in the Old Testament. They had faith in the Word of God. And that's what I want to preach this morning is a well-worn Bible, Mother's Bible. Now, there must have been some conflict in the home here, in Timothy's home, because Timothy's mother, Eunice, was a Jew, but his father was a Greek Gentile. Evidently, his mother raised Timothy according to Old Testament scripture, but his father must have contended against that. And we know that because later we understand that Timothy was not circumcised according to Jewish law, so there must have been conflict in the home. That makes us recognize his mother even more. Let me tell you something, moms. If there's conflict in the home, if dad doesn't have faith, if dad won't go to church, if dad won't believe on Christ and trust the word of God, you believe on Christ. Amen? You keep that standard in your home. In, in that maternal influence in the home, God said the maternal influence in the home is the greatest influence in the home. Somebody say Amen. And so uh, here, Timothy has been influenced by his mother. And the credit does not go back to his father nor his grandfather because they were not of the faith. So in spite of circumstance, Timothy's mother raised him to know the scripture and gave him a foundation of faith. Moms, the greatest thing you can give your children is a foundation of faith. It's the greatest inheritance. You can leave them money. You can leave them a name. You can leave them whatever in this world you can grasp onto. But dear friend, dear mother, you leave them faith. 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 It is faith that saves. It is faith that gives us hope. It is faith that brings us to Christ. It is faith that God honors. And so Lois and Eunice give Timothy his faith. It was from the foundational teaching, from the maternal influence, that Timothy would be saved and become the companion of the greatest Christian who ever lived. I say thank God for his mother and his grandmother. He was what he was. Because his mother had a well-worn Bible and passed that faith on to her children. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We often think and we often relate that verse of scripture to salvation because we hear the word of God and we initially hear it, we believe it, we get saved. But dear friend, let me tell you something, that verse is good for us as mature Christians. If you lack faith, get in the word of God. Faith come, Faith not only will get you saved, faith will help you grow in your Christian life. So if you need faith, get in the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Eunice was Timothy's mother's name. That name means victory. Can I just say she was a victorious woman because despite what went on in the home with the father and the grandfather, she instilled faith and character and scriptural principles in her son. That's great. Charles Haddon Spurgeon was the first who quoted this in the 1800s. He said this, A Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who is not falling apart. 
Ladies, if you want your home to be held together, make the Word of God the priority in the home. The reason our society is falling apart is because our homes are falling apart. Excuse me. We have today a generation of mothers who just don't care. Amen, preacher. I'm not going to get ugly with this message, but it's truth. We need truth. We have a generation of mothers. They don't care about their children. They don't care about their home. They don't care about the church. They don't care about godly principles. They don't care about developing character. And they're living defeated lives. Their home is defeated. They will not earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. This modern generation doesn't care for God. They Listen, they have no self-respect. They have a lot of self-centeredness, but they have no self-respect. Amen. I mean, people who are self-centered want to gain their desires despite of the respect they're going to lose by gaining that. We need to learn a lesson there. I wish I could preach there. So this this generation is self-centered, self-satisfaction, our emotional happiness. We've come become a society who says if it makes me emotionally happy, then it's truth. Let that sink in. We've, we've, we now live in a society that says, I want emotional truth. I don't want facts. I want emotional truth. And we have a whole generation who's mixed up as to what gender they are. Amen. That started in the home, mother. Yeah, right. <laughs> Amen. Smile. You can smile with me. It's exactly where it started. It started in the home. Oh, God, help us to give them, to have mothers with their priorities in order who puts God first, who puts the Bible first, who puts their home second and themselves last. It's refreshing to find a woman who has her priorities in order, who has her biblical principles in order. Amen. <laughs> I saw a post on, on social media, and it was a woman. And she was castigating her son. I mean, openly on social media. She said he's 40 years old. He lives in the basement. He won't mow the yard. He won't help around the house. I mean, boy, she just, she just castigated his appearance, condemned his actions, chided with the man he had become. You know what I thought? I'm just going to tell you what I thought. I thought, you idiot, you raised him. You say, preacher, you ought to be nice for Mother's Day. Well, I will. Just let me get over this one point. Hey, listen, I really did. I thought, what? you're a special kind of stupid <laughs> to get on Facebook. Listen, ladies, you hear me this morning. We got young mothers. We got babies everywhere, don't we? Amen. Hey, if you raise a, to- a toddler to be a brat, they'll be a teenage brat. Amen. If you continue to raise a teenage brat, you're going to have an adult brat. Amen. Amen. Listen, you raise a monster and it might just eat you. The Bible says the rod and reproof give wisdom. Let me say that again. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother shame. A rod. (laughs) Boy, my mama used one of them. Amen. And listen, reproof, what is that? What is that? That's correction and instructions. Everybody with me? Correction and instruction. 
And we have, a, we have a generation of moms today. They've listened to Dr. Spock. And they've listened to Oprah Winfrey. And they've listened to the liberal left. And they've raised a generation of brats. The rod and reproof give wisdom. Listen to me carefully. A child needs correcting. A child needs instruction. The Bible says to raise them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Ladies, you will fail if you use your own and this world's philosophy. But if you'll have a well-worn Bible and put it into place into your home, you can raise a godly son and daughter. Amen. Yes, sir. We need a well-worn Bible. Mother's Bible ought to be a well-worn Bible. You say, well, we don't need a lot of, a lot of our, our own rules in the home and our own regulations in the home. And, and I don't want to put such a biblical standard in it. Listen, I'm not talking about being rigid and going back to the law. I'm just talking about using biblical principles. Amen. I mean, listen, this earth is held together. This universe is held together because there are laws. If it weren't for the laws of gravity, we'd have chaos. We wouldn't have a universe. We wouldn't have a world. We wouldn't have grass and trees and all the things we enjoy. Everything that you and I enjoy and enjoy in our existence, our subsistence, is because of the laws of the universe. Listen, there ought to be some laws and rules in the home. And if there's not, chaos ensues. Amen. The Bible says, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, where they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. He is before all things, and by him all things consist. If he can hold this universe together by the laws of his mouth, then, Mother, he can hold your home together through the principles of the Word of God. That didn't get enough amens. Do I need to repeat that? Amen. He sure can. If he can calm the waters of a storm, ladies, he can calm your troubled soul. If he can dispatch angels to Mary, that wonderful woman who would bear the Lord Jesus Christ, he can send the spirit of the living God to bless you and to guide you and to lead you. That just reminds me of the title of the message. Can I just put it like this? The Bible that is falling apart belongs to a woman who has has it together. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question, moms. What's holding your life together? What's holding your life together? <laughs> I remember the song by Jimmy Buffett that says, I drink a frozen concoction that helps me hang on. If you're hanging on with a frozen concoction, you're in trouble. Amen. If you're hanging on because you have a circle of friends at work who advise you, you're in trouble. If you hang on because of your social media uh, uh, access, you're in trouble. But if you've got a hold, if you've got, oh, listen to me, if you've got a firm grip on the Word of God, then you've got a firm grip on the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got a firm grip on truth. You've got a firm grip on reason and logic and ration and structure for your life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Listen, a wise woman doesn't hold it together with dear Abby, Dr. Spock, or the philosophies of the world. They hold it together with biblical principles. If there's trouble in the home, trouble in the church, trouble in the community, trouble in, in the world, hey, it's because our Bibles 
are uncracked. It's because our Bibles are dusty and on the table. Find me a mother with a well-worn Bible, and I'll show you a godly woman. My grandmother was not even my real grandmother. She was my dad's stepmother, but she was the only grandmother I ever knew. Every time I went in her house, she had an old two-story farmhouse, a store and a half Cape Cod, I guess you might say, and, and every time I went in there, her Bible was open. Her Bible was open on the table. Her Bible was open by her sewing machine. Hey, she held it together through all the things that happened in her life. World War I, World War II, she buried two husbands. She buried several sons. She even buried daughters. She lost a son in, in, on the sands of Normandy Beach. But she held it together with a Bible. Taught Sunday school until the day she died, practically. Hey, a well-worn Bible will hold your life together. Amen. Can I just tell you that our world right now appears pretty shaky? We've just come through a pandemic that almost wrecked our economy. We've got wars in Ukraine. They're saying there'll be war in the South China Sea by 2028. Uh, Human rights violations, water contamination, global disease, hunger, the list goes on and on. Uh, I'm reminded of a woman in the Old Testament named Deborah. And the country was coming apart at the seams. There was no military. There was no economy. There was not a man who who would provide leadership for that nation. And God placed his spirit on a woman. And she rose up and led that nation, added some structure to that nation, had some military victories. Hey, let me tell you something. When there's no man available, God will use a woman. Thank God for her. And Deborah brought her country and added structure to her country because she was in the word of God. Ladies, get in the word of God. Philippians 4.13 is still in the Bible. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. When the home is broken, get in the word of God. When life seems to be crashing in around you, get in the Word of God. When the world seems to be coming apart at the seams, get in the Word of God. If God can hold the universe together, He can hold your little family together. Let me say that again. If God can hold the universe together, He can hold your little family together. Amen. Praise God. In a well-worn Bible. You'll find some things that will bless your heart. You'll find creation story. You'll find a woman named Eve. Before you can turn two, two or three chapters, you'll find a woman named Eve who is called Eve means the mother of all living. Thank God for Eve. And for, for her, the Bible says that she was formed from the rib of Adam, became the mother of all living, but yet she erred. The Bible says that not only was there creation, there was a fall. In the Garden of Eden, ladies, you'll find that the first trouble that came to the home, I won't back down on it, I'll try to be a blessing, but I'm going to be honest. The first trouble that came to the home was because Eve was deceived by the devil. The Bible says Adam wasn't deceived, but Eve was. He followed Eve's lead, but he was not deceived. Ladies, the way to keep from being deceived in today's society is get in this book. Have a well-worn Bible. Keep deception, satanic deception away in a well-worn Bible. The first woman on planet earth troubled her husband. She troubled her home. She troubled her own heart because she was deceived by the devil. Oh, sin spread 
if Eve had have only pre- believed and practiced the word of God, we wouldn't be in such a mess, ladies. Amen. But you know what? God didn't hold her completely responsible. Yeah. The Bible says this, Romans 5, 21, Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Guess what? Eve was deceived, but Adam bears the responsibility. Amen, preacher. A well-worn Bible tells us of creation. A well-worn Bible tells us of the fall. A well-worn Bible tells us why we have to die. The Bible says, for in Adam all die. But it gives us hope. It says, in Christ shall all be made alive. Let me tell you something. Adam and Eve are all of our fathers and mothers. They are. We all go back. Listen, mitochondrial DNA goes back to one woman. You know what her name was? Eve. It sure was. We're all brothers and sisters. I don't care what your skin color is. The Bible says he's made of one blood of every nation. Yeah. We all go back to that one woman. But as in Adam and Eve all die, so all in Christ Jesus will be made alive. I'm glad I was born of my mother, but the greatest thing that happened to me was to be born again by the Spirit of God was to be born again by the Lord Jesus Christ. I've got a second birth. My first birth will take me to death. And if I don't get saved, my first birth will take me to hell. For I'm a sinner by nature, by choice, and by birth. But dear friend, I'm glad I'm born again by the Spirit of the living God. And Jesus Christ is my Savior. So if the soul is trusted in Christ, there will be life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then he said this, believe ye this? (laughs) I'm telling you something, I believe the word of God. Amen. I want my Bible to be a well-worn Bible. Hey, the Bible says, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Let me give you about five or six examples and we'll go home of women in the Bible. The Bible, a well-worn Bible, a well-worn Bible tells of a woman named Zipporah. Zipporah was the wife of Moses, and Moses was given, of all the men in the Bible, Moses was given the most difficult job. But Zipporah was a woman who stood by him. She supported him. She added structure to the home. She did what she could. Thank God for the well-worn scriptures of Zipporah who supported her husband. In the Bible, well-worn Bible, tell of Sarah, the wife of Abraham. Sarah was 90 years old. She had been praying for a son, and God miraculously gave her a son in her old age. You know what I'm going to say to that, Mama? Don't you stop praying. Amen. I don't care if you're 90 or 91. Amen. Then, <laughs> then you keep praying. God can miraculously work in your life. Can I just say right there that I've seen more prayers of a mother answered than I've seen a father's. 
I've seen my wife pray prayers, and I'm like, I just moved on. I'm like, honey, you are praying for nothing. I mean, there ain't no way. And she just keeps praying. She just keeps reproaching the throne. She just keeps t- with tenacity and, and doggedness. And I'm going to tell you something. God paid attention. A mother's prayers. Hey. An abandoned Bible will leave neglected children. A forsaken Bible will leave you neglected and desolated. A well-read Bible will give you comfort and cheer. Amen. I think of Rebecca. Rebecca watched her home. Listen, ladies. She had twin boys. And she watched those twin boys. She saw the conflict in the home. She saw the fighting in the home. She saw her home separated and one had to leave home because the two boys couldn't get along. But Rebecca kept praying. Rebecca kept serving God. Rebecca stayed in the house of God. Rebecca made made a good wife to her husband and those two boys in time came back together. Amen. Is your home falling apart? Let me tell you something. God can put your home back together. God can put your finances back together if you'll just give it to him and get in the word of God. Amen. You say, preacher, I, I <laughs> lady told me recently, she said, I needed so much help in the Bible. And she said, I opened the Bible and I thought, boy, I'll get some help. And she said, so-and-so begat so-and-so and so-and-so begat so-and-so. She said, I didn't get no help. I said, you went to the wrong place, praise God. <laughs> Get over there in John, 1 John, 2 John. Get you some help, praise God. Amen. It's all profitable, but there are some chapters that deal more with what we need. The Bible has what we need. I had a man tell me about 30 years ago, I was reading my Bible during breaks at the plant, and at dinner time, and at second break, I mean, every break, when I ate, I just sat at a table and I read my Bible. I loved it. I couldn't get enough of my Bible. He told me this. He came up to me with a snarl on his face. He said, I'll tell you what your problem is. First of all, I didn't know I had a problem. But he said, I'll tell you what your problem is. Your, your religion's driving you crazy. Well, guess what? After 30 years, he's on antidepressants and been in the loony bin about three times. <laughs> Amen, preacher. I don't even take a baby aspirin. Amen. And I ain't been in the loony bin yet. Amen. Hey, a well-worn Bible will keep you out of the poorhouse, the jailhouse, and the nuthouse. Amen, preacher. I think of Abigail as I close the message. I think of Abigail. Ladies, Abigail, the most hateful man. The Bible calls him churlish. Churlish. Had to look that word up. The word churlish means just completely downright mean, nasty, hateful. And Abigail was married to him. I mean, when you read about him, you'd just like to walk up and give him a fist sandwich. He was mean. But you know what Abigail did? She never lost her wisdom. And when David needed help, There was going to be trouble against David and her husband. She wisely appeased the future king of Israel. And Abigail wound up being the wife of David after her mean husband died. You know why? Ladies, let me tell you something. If you'll honor God, he'll honor you. 
If you'll honor God in a bad home, in a bad situation, in bad circumstances, God will honor you. Amen. And so Abigail acted wisely. I think of Ruth. Ruth, ladies, was so poor that she gleaned. And that's how, that's how people in poverty lived in that day. There was no such thing as welfare or all this other stuff. They had to go work and they had to glean in the corners of the field. The, the farmers wouldn't reap the corners, and they'd leave the corners for the poor. And, and, and Ruth was so poor that she was going out and just gleaning day-to-day food in the corner of the field. That's poverty. But Ruth honored God. Ruth honored God in spite of her bank account. Amen. Ruth honored God in spite of her name. She was a Gentile. Ruth honored God in in spite of her place in society. She honored God, and God honored her. God placed Ruth in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. She became the great-grandmother of Jesus Christ himself. She was a Gentile. Hey, we we ought to be as tenacious as Ruth. She wouldn't give up when Naomi discouraged her when the situation depressed her when she was dejected by the social order she wouldn't give up let me close by saying this i've already said it once but i'll say it again the lord honors the woman who honors him and he blesses the woman who blesses him amen and he comforts the woman who brings him her cares The Bible says, cast all of your care upon him, for he careth for you. Amen. Let's all stand up through preaching. Thank you for your attention this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed as she begins to just play some hymn of invitation. I wonder, dear mother, this morning, young lady... Maybe you're not a mother yet, young lady. But I think about another woman in the Bible as I just speak to your heart for just a minute. There was another young woman in the Bible. She was not a wife. She was not even a mother. But the Holy Spirit came to her because of her character, because of her virtue, because of who she was and because of her purity of heart. And her name was Mary. And he said, Mary, you're going to have a baby. And she said, how shall that be, seeing I know not a man? And he said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. and You're going to conceive and bear a son. Call his name Jesus. And this Jesus is going to grow and he's going to be the deliverer, the savior of the world. This young lady who wasn't married, nor was she a mother, she was handpicked by the Holy Ghost to be the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ. Young ladies, are you saved? Do you know Christ as your Savior? Why don't you give your heart to Jesus this morning? He died for you. He loves you. He'll save you. He'll forgive your sins. He'll give you a place in heaven. Why don't you come to Christ this morning, young lady? And by coming, you'll be giving your heart to Jesus. The Bible, a well-worn Bible, tells us of Mary, tells us of a Savior. 
tells us of that master who healed the sick and raised the dead, who preached the word and loved the people that he created. A well-worn Bible gives us hope for eternity. Praise God. A well-worn Bible does not leave us in the doldrums, depressed, downhearted, and discouraged. But it gives us hope. And in moms, maybe there's a mother here. And you're not saved. There's something wrong. You're not, there's something in your life. You're not right with God. Oh, why don't you get that thing right today? We'll pray with you. We'll love on you. We'll support you. We'll encourage you. Maybe there'd be a young mother here today say, Preacher, I need to get right with God today. I believe what you've preached is right and true, just and holy. And I want to do that today by my coming forth. I want to say, I want to make a commitment to Christ today. Any young lady or young brother want to make a commitment to Jesus today? Commit your family to the Lord. The Bible says commit your family and your home to the Lord. And he'll guide it. He'll direct it. Commit your way, the Bible says, unto the Lord. Oh, your child needs to be raised in a godly home. Your child needs to be raised to a mother with biblical principles. They don't need to be raised gender confused. They don't need to be raised confused as as to evolution and creation. They don't need to be raised confused as to whether Jesus can save or whether the church is worthy or whether there's any truth in the Bible. Friend, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart from it. Why don't you commit your heart this morning to Jesus Christ? A well-worn Bible encourages us to get saved, to trust Christ, to repent, to walk with God, to enjoy the blessings of God. I close with this statement. The invitation's over. The best thing you can leave behind, ladies, is a worn-out body and a well-worn Bible.